0: Hello, hello, everyone. You are listening to ninety one point nine KCSB FM in Santa Barbara. My name is Ryan. I am Aiden. And we just got back from Hard Summer 2022, covering it on behalf of the station in San Bernardino, California. Um, this past weekend, what, August, uh, July, yeah, July 30th up to, um, or no, actually July 29th, 30th, and 31st at the NOS Event Center in San Bernardino. And we are here to recap some of our experiences and what we what we saw, what we heard, and... How we felt?
1: Yeah, no, it was a super memorable weekend. Uh, first of all, I just want to thank um, the organizers at Insomniac and Hard Summer for um, giving us the opportunity to um, do press um, access at the festival. Because, um, like, not only was it just great to be able to cover the festival and to um, experience what is like a really popular event that like a lot of people. Um, especially in southern california like the go-to so we got to find a little bit more about that um but also I, we're going to talk about it later but we both discovered some new artists and got to know some of the artists that we already listened to a little bit better which i think is totally like what kcsb programming all about is finding uh more about and uplifting those unheard voices
0: yeah no seriously thank you to live nation insomniac hard summer Mm -hmm. folks. Um, One thing I really kind of noticed about all of the, all of the, you know, insomniac staff that was working there, whether it was, you know, the folks coordinating the um, credential pickup or even, you know, down to the people who are spraying um, the water hoses in the crowd and the ground control team, which is a, um, I mentioned it before, but it's a group of volunteers that uh, go to a lot of these festivals. It's like a no judgment sort of, you know, just making sure that people are safe and um, everyone there was just really enthusiastic to be there, and they just really love what they do, and I feel like that really kind of shows in the festival itself. So, yeah, it was it was super cool to be able to cover this in a press capacity, and this is my first time uh, going to an Insomniac event too, Me and too. this is your first music festival. So
1: yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know, this hardly strictly bluegrass, not count. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Honestly, like kind of
1: I feel like it kind of, but there is something, um, I think special about going to a festival, um, that's playing the music that you actually listen to. Um, so that was really enjoyable. Um, but let's see, we're going to be just going through some of, um, the experiences we had doing like a recap of each day. Um, and letting you know what was at the festival and then uh, me and Ryan both want to go through and talk about some of our favorite performances and um, some of those people that we discovered along
0: the way as long with maybe a flop or two (laughs) okay let's not say that let's not
1: (laughs) maybe maybe no flops no flops at hard summer no
0: that, that seriously was thing like there weren't like objectively I felt like there weren't really any flops. Everyone was really enthusiastic about a lot of the artists were really enthusiastic about their sets and everyone there was just there to have a good time. So, yeah, you know, maybe there were, you know, a few issues or some bumps in the road, but at the, you know, end of the day, it was just a really good time and everyone was just happy to be there.
1: All right. So, uh well, let's start the recap. Day 1
0: or what was Left
1: of. <laughs> what was left of day one? What was one. left of day one? Day one, just to give you some background, was a little bit of a crazy day last Friday. Let's um, see, the festival started at 4 and ended at 1 a.m. And um, we were planning on getting there, you know, a few hours after the beginning of the festival because we knew it was going to be really, really hot that day. And after, like, a lot of driving, um, we thought that, like, let's stay for the artists that we really want to see at the end of the night and make sure we're not too burnt out by that point in time. Um, so it's really good that we had that plan because we really ended up having to, um, basically be content with only seeing the last few artists at hard summer Friday night. Cause even though we left all the way at like ten thirty in the morning from Santa Barbara to make the three and a half hour drive to San Bernardino, um, Like part of my um, muffler on the bottom of my car. Oh my God. um, Became dislodged when we were in Los Angeles. And what ensued was about five hours of calling tow trucks, waiting for tow trucks, talking to different car repair people before somehow we miraculously escaped Los Angeles with a. Newly reattached muffler um, to the bottom of my car around like 5.30 p.m. And uh, we did actually manage to get some festival uh, clothes while we were waiting for the car,
0: too. (laughs) I don't don't think that everything was lost. (laughs) Celebrity muffler in Los Feliz is right next to a Crossroads Trading. And I basically got my entire festival off of there because I had nothing to wear.
1: You got that cactus jack shirt. That was crazy. I,
0: I don't know if it's real. I don't think it's real. Let's see. Nobody
1: needs to know that.
0: No, for real. Nobody needs to know. <laughs> but I just right. said it on the air. So, so
1: um, you know, you can uh, disregard that previous statement by Ryan right there. Maybe it is real.
0: Anyways, Anyways. it was a chip to my dignity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, kidding, that, that, that was really what got us
1: through that day. So we ended up making it to San Bernardino. We had to wait in line at a hotel to get our press passes uh, for, like, 45 minutes. That was, um, like... Which I think it, it made sense, but it was also like, oh, my gosh, are we really doing this? But we made it to the festival or actually, no, we left for the festival around 1030, spent another 45 minutes <laughs> looking for parking around the <laughs> festival. Oh, and then I think it was like 1130 p.m. by the time we finally made it. in. Yeah, it
0: was like 1115, 1130. We finally got to the <laughs> festival and I was like, you know what? I just want to see Megan the Stallion. Like I don't care. I, I mean, day one I wasn't even really going to send it a whole lot, anyways. I mean, there were a few sets that were interesting, um, or that I was interested mm-hmm. in that day, like um, Sego and Coffee and Saucy yeah, Santana, I especially been to see Coffee and
1: Saucy Santana for sure. And then Denzel Curry was somebody else who mm-hmm. I wouldn't have mind seeing again. But ultimately, you know, experiences all happen for a reason, and I think that. Um, Having that start to the weekend, I think made us enjoy the rest of everything, um, like so much more. So that night we got into um, this stage that was called the Pink tent. It's like this giant, giant structure uh, with like so much room for people, and at the front of it was a huge stage where honestly, through most of the weekend, they were just playing house music, and we saw uh, Nicole Madaber um, start off um, her. 11 to 1 a.m. set and um just i think like feeling those physical vibrations coming from those speakers (laughs) and hearing the house music was (laughs) so reaffirming (laughs) i was like oh my gosh we finally made it to here it took us so long um and that was
0: a really great feeling that was good that was a lot of she did a good job like i will say like i'm just big room techno is not really my thing but All things considered, and especially because she collaborated with, like, Carl Cox. Like, he's a legend. Come Mm -hmm. on. Like, she killed it. Like, seeing her just go up there, like, fully, like, uh, 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 it was so cool. And I really enjoyed um, a lot of the acts that were at the Pink stage um, that weekend. I found myself actually surprising, like, spending a surprising amount of time there. Um, I actually missed um, 100 Gex's set on the third day because I was just in it so hard at the Pink tent. I actually really kind of vibes with a lot of the music that they were playing. So like big, you know, props for that. And, um, all, all of the stages had their own dedicated, uh, VIP viewing areas as well. Um, our mm-hmm. press passes, we didn't know this actually included VIP access crazy. as well. So, um, for like at the pink stage, there were, there was like a whole separate area and there was, a uh, you know, a separate bar and, that you didn't have to walk all the way across for and had to wait in lines. And there were also uh, water filtration, like pumps too for, you know, filling up your water bottles. And all the stages had something kind of similar to that degree. Um, the amenities kind of differed. Some stages, it was like, you know, like for at the purple stage, uh, it was just a VIP viewing area. And then, you know, kind of at like the main stage, the hard stage, which is where Megan The Stallion performed, um, that was like where the full... Like <laughs> that was a that was where the full experience was. That's there crazy. you like you walk into the VIP. <laughs> oh, whoa! Sorry, knocked the microphone there. You walk into the VIP entrance, and there's like a giant splash pool, and like a whole separate like club, like a like a pool like poolside club, almost like in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, at that stage, and there was also like a big wide like viewing area, and you could just walk all the way down, and there was a whole separate little area which had. Um, some other food options, more drinks, more water, but most importantly, I think the real value of the VIP was being able to get really, really close and, you know, be there really comfortably without having to, you know, push and shove with people in the crowd. And that's how we um, ended up seeing Megan The Stallion. So we saw, I'd say we saw like 30 minutes of Nicole Madaber's mm-hmm. set, and then we headed over right before Megan uh, got on stage. And it was it was really nice being able to literally be so close to an artist, like a huge artist like Megan Thee Stallion. And it was my first time being in like a VIP setting to at a music festival. And it was so – it was really nice just being able to see her, I would say. But her set, oh she my god. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> eh. No, like I've for real been a fan of Megan Thee Stallion – Since before she even had her first, um, like, her, like, you know, breakthrough Tina Snow. Back to a good player on KCSB. (laughs) No, for real. Actually, like, real one, like, the Houston Cypher. If real hotties remember that, Mm -hmm. like, seriously. But she, I knew every single word. And she, um, like, brought people up on stage to dance. And she was interacting with the crowd. And she was, like, dropping bars. And she honestly killed it. She... I, I love Megan Thee Stallion so much. I have always like loved her. I think she's just so amazing and being able to see her was just like yes.
1: She was so great. So yeah, definitely a huge shout out to uh, Nicole Madaba and Megan the Stallion for <laughs> making me and Ryan's Friday night. Um and I think overall Friday just feel a lot better. We were both yeah. really happy when we got home even despite everything that happened. It made up for the
0: all the chaos that happened that day, honestly. And then day two Day two. That's when stuff really started to get crazy. For real. It's interesting because um all the music festivals that I've been to usually start earlier in the day, like towards um like noon or sometimes even earlier in the morning. But Hard Summer didn't start until like almost four o'clock every single day. So I was really worried being like, Oh, what am I gonna do with myself like in that time? But for like seriously, with the way that you'll just be like dancing and walking and partying and stuff, you'll be sleeping in Mm -hmm. until at least, like, the afternoon because you won't be going to sleep until, like, 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. But um, let's see. Day two. Who do we first see? um, Day two because we didn't get there until, like, 5.30-ish.
1: day two we pulled in a little bit later. um, But I thought day two honestly had some of the most – solid artists out of the whole festival and might have right. been the day that I enjoyed the most um so uh day 2 I believe that we started off or at least the first performance that I stayed all the way through for was uh BK the Ruler
0: Oh um, um we did see BK the Ruler but we also um we start off the day with Honey Love in the um, Pink Tank. So you're just like, let's go over to the yeah,
1: house. Yeah, I know. We, we were there for a few
0: minutes and it was definitely... She was really good. I followed her on Instagram and I'm definitely going to check, check out um, some more of her stuff. I felt like it was some of like the deepest sort of stuff that was played almost the entire weekend. So she killed it. Shout out to Honey Love. And then after, Because we saw a little bit of her and then we went over to the green stage to catch Nia Archives.
1: Oh wait, was Nia Archives before BK the ruler? Yeah, uh, she I was have like to order on my uh, Instagram a little bit. <laughs> was she was like right before. Songs. Yeah, um, that's right. No, Nia Archives was really, really fantastic. Um, drum and bass music, but I was like a little bit concerned about like any drum and bass I saw at Hard Summer because. If you had a chance to look at the lineup beforehand, um, there's like just it's like a half dubstep uh, festival pretty much from the lineup. And, yeah. Um, dubstep definitely has um, like a crazy history behind it and is such a important and uh, popular subgenre of electronic dance music. But for whatever reason, it's never been the subgenre that's gotten it done for me. And a lot of times drum and bass music which has a lot of break beats which i'm a really huge fan i love break beats turn that break Um, down into a break beat but some of the some of the bass and some of the w elements can get worked in with a lot of modern drum and bass now which um typically makes me enjoy it less but my favorite drum and bass music comes from like the uk in the Mm -hmm. 90s when like jungle um ukg And that was, like, the exact energy that Nia Archives brought, and it was completely unexpected from me. Um, but it was just dirty and grimy, and it sounded like these drum samples that were being chopped up and just doing, like, crazy stutters and halftimes with some of the drum hits um, that really just um, made me enjoy the set so much. Um,
0: yeah, I think she really killed it. It was, it was nice because there weren't it wasn't, like, too crowded at her set, and so you had, like, room to dance, and everyone was, like, dancing, and you had, like, the people spraying. Um, there were people pretty much at every stage throughout the day because it's, like, a bajillion degrees in San Bernardino spraying um, with, like, these giant water guns, like, spraying the crowd down with, down with mist, and it was, like, you see the rainbows, and it was, like, you got the UKG going on, and I'm not a really big fan of... Uh, like dubstep but I really did like some of the drum and bass selections that were at um, hard summer this year and Nia archives is I like have loved I, I I've loved her for so long I've played her on my show before and um, like hearing some of the songs that I've like not only played on my show yeah that I played on my show before like being performed live and in sets was so cool, so cool to experience and yeah her set was great and she also like did live vocals yeah, she was amazing. She killed it. That's great. No, I love when you
1: recognize a track ID in a set, and you're like, yes, that's what I'm that looking for That happened to me, like, right twice th-
0: over the weekend, and I, like, mm-hmm, same almost, like, exploded every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, up next was BK The
1: Rula. I got The Order confused up, a little Santana, bit there. Huh? Um, and I, I was really looking forward to BK The Rula. This entire time, there's a collaboration with Ski Mask, the Slump God called Through to You that she just released. And um, she did not disappoint by any means. Just, like, crazy stage presence and stage energy. I got this crazy picture of her, like,
0: with a flame shooting Oh, up yeah. So, and, like, the lighting on the mm-hmm. stage, too, it was kind of angled um upwards. And so, like, it had, like, this really cool, like down like upwards lighting effect and it literally <clears throat> I got this one picture of her too with like the sunset and the flames in the background she's like looking out in the crowd. It's it's so crazy she went hard mm-hmm. like I didn't know a whole lot of her music aside from uh, like Santani and like maybe like two other songs, but she killed it. And I like stayed the entire time I was dancing. There were like mosh pits. She kept on going like mosh pit, mosh, mosh pit. pit. Cause there was a guy with a big sign that said mosh pit too. And I like also all like the totems, all the artists like recognize oh, them, but so she did a, she had a really good set. And also shout out to her DJ, um, Kim who Big baller, um, <laughs> no, but for real, uh, she was the DJ when um, we had Coco and Claire Claire KCSB mm-hmm. um, before, and she's so awesome. I think she's like BK. The rule is like go to DJ. She's she's really really cool. So uh, super tight, love like that connection,
1: and uh, it's cool. Like a lot of these artists really are um, like related. They're in the same circles, and uh, sometimes it's easy to forget that, but you get those reminders at different music festivals. So. Um, BK The Ruler was dope. After that, um, at the same stage, uh, was Dochi. Who oh, yeah. Actually, um, at UCSB uh, last year, there was a Denzel Curry concert that Dochi opened for. Um, so we got to see a little bit of her set again, and she drew a pretty massive crowd. She had
0: was- a that crowd. Really, really, like, that exciting so to see. That was so cool Because, like,
1: we, we saw her open for Denzel Curry and definitely, like, not as many people were there, like, as hyped for her. There was definitely, like, a crowd of her core fans that yeah. were up at the front, but there are a lot of people that, like, just weren't, like, with the, um, with the movement yet. Or, like, um, super
0: familiar with, like, some of her other music, I'd mm-hmm. say. But she's really, um, I feel like she's just released a lot of really, really good songs lately. She had that awesome, uh, performance at the BET awards and her set, I only caught um, like the first few songs in her set, but mm-hmm. she was so good. She killed it. I really, really want to see her again, like actually fully properly, mm-hmm. like in person. She was so, she was so cool. Was I love that song one. song. It. It's like, how does it feel to be? Da da da? <laughs> <laughs> she, I, Dochi is so awesome.
1: No, I believe. And I think there's some uh, new music coming out from Dochi.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, she has that EP coming out. This
1: week, yeah. Swamp her. Oh, wait, no. I don't, I don't think I can actually She her. Black the- Bee. There you go. Y'all
0: better go stream that. She's collaborating with Rico Nasty. I'm really excited for it. It's going to go crazy.
1: <laughs> Ryan suggests y'all better go stream that. We got to stay in line with our FCC. Yeah, I'm
0: suggesting y'all should go stream it if you're interested. Like, her stuff is really, really cool. That's what I always say. Mm-hmm.
1: So, we did have to leave Dochi. Um, like I, mean, I think most circumstances, we wouldn't have done this, but um, desperate times call for desperate measures, and we were desperate, definitely, to go see 3-6 Mafia. 3-6 Mafia. That was insane. That was.
0: Oh, my God. That was one of the best hip-hop performances I have ever seen. I'm not I'm like not exaggerating aside from Megan the Stallion aside from Doji, like hands down their set was so good. I did not even realize just how many classics they have cuz they're the most sampled rap group. They're the only mm. rap group to have gotten an academy award. And they consistently reminded this of us of this throughout so their set. So are they rap
1: group? Because I thought they said rap artists at the really beginning, and I was like, "That's not." I think they. That's yeah, I think.
0: True. Um, I don't. Well, yeah. yeah, that's definitely <laughs> not true. But they're so. Mm-hmm. Uh, their set was so good. I love. I've been like a really big Juicy J fan ever since I was like a teenager and getting a lot more into rap music and seeing him like as part of Three Six Mafia. It's like you just got to see these legends, man. Like for real, they were just so. I was dancing and hopping. I was taking so many videos. I had my flash on. They were all like, "If y'all, but they want. They were encouraging the crowd to turn up, and mm-hmm. Lord, I was turning up. That was a fun time. Nah,
1: when it comes to hip hop, especially, um, you know, I think that there are a lot of really good rappers out there, and I mean, there's a lot of ways that someone could be considered a really good rapper, whether it's, like, what they can do with their vocal inflections or what they can do with their lyrics. But there is a particular talent that's, like, almost a subset of your rapping ability um, that I don't think, honestly, I do not think that most rappers I have seen completely possess this ability. And it's, honestly, to be, like, the actual MC, Master of Ceremonies, I feel like, the person who always embodies that in my head is like a KRS-One or someone who's just not only wrapping um, you know, the lights out basically on the microphone, but is also controlling the crowd and hyping the crowd up so much that it's like the crowd is completely in their pocket. And Juicy J absolutely has that ability. He was so like funny and lively on the microphone, and he kept... Like, reminding people of how great 3-6 Mafia was in a very, <laughs> like, theatrical way that it was just, like, hard not to, like, you know, completely fall into the concert and rap along the lyrics, which you know because of how much they've been sampled. So, I think that, like, you know, obviously now that I've said this, but, like, every rap fan um, owes it to themselves to see 3-6 Mafia. Um at least one time. Wild and because on tour. they are like a really core component of hip hop and represent the genre incredibly. But I believe it was after Three Six Mafia that we went separate ways. We like split for, off a little, a little bit. bit. So uh what were you up to on Saturday night, Ryan? That is
0: a really good question. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked me this question. Keep asking questions and just inquiring. Um so I ended up missing Toki Monster's set because it was like ended right after Three or 6 Mafia and I had to walk like all the way like across and around. And I kind of wanted to see a little bit of Alice in Wonderland because um, I just I, I just wanted to check it out because I was like I like some of her music. And um, I, again, the thing is with me is that it's nothing against the artists themselves. It's just not a lot of the music at um, Hard Summer. Like I'm i'm just like not into a whole lot of like i don't want to say mainstream ish like edm but just like more like commercial um from like more big name artists mm-hmm. i i guess i would say and allison wonderland i would say that allison wonderland her set was really was good because she had like live instruments and she also um i think she hopped on vocals a little bit as well mm-hmm. and there's also that um she has that one song with trippy Red and chief keef that i um really like and I wasn't expecting it to be um a lot more melodic than I thought it was going to be I think like melodic dubstep is like a kind of a thing mm-hmm. now or something like that Um, but I stayed for like the first half of her set I think because I was like okay like I was vibing with it it was it was cool no because we were there too yeah I, I was think.
1: there at the beginning of just for like five minutes of Alice in Wonderland before I ended up dipping
0: yeah Cause she ended up, cause, Oh, cause you had to go to ski mass, slum god. And I think after that, I went, I, I pretty much just stayed at the pink tent, like pretty much the entire night. Cause that was when blondish was on. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was uh, honestly, it was real. Blondish was so good. They were really good. I, I really can't say anything. I don't know. I feel like it's just so hard to like describe individual like styles and stuff, but, Blondish was just Blondish is really good, and it, it, I just liked being able to kind of groove out and have like house music, I guess, yeah. To end the night. So, some of those
1: pink tent vibes could be really good, especially towards the end of the night when they're mm-hmm. just like playing the deepest stuff that they had in like a lot of their mixes. Just a lot of drums and bass, and not really like too much of that you know i guess melody is good um like i I shouldn't completely hate on melody but
0: i think me and ryan
1: are both in agreement that we really like that just like punchy like music with a lot of different noise and drums going
0: on i need like a faster Um, bpm and a faster beat but i like i wasn't i was very surprised by blondish and i ended up staying there pretty much the entire um like end of the night because i was really vibing with it
1: That's fire, yeah. No, Blondish, um, I played a little bit of them on the preview mix I did for uh, Club Magellan last Thursday. And um, it was, um, I really enjoyed listening to them. Um, All
0: right. But I think you saw, like, other people. I
1: I saw, I did see some other people. So who did you see? So um, I caught a little bit of Alice in Wonderland, but then I wandered off across the festival to get, um, seat, or not seats, but to just get up front for Ski Mask the Slump God, who has definitely been, um, I think especially when I was in high school, was, like, really high on my list of favorite rappers, and, um, now as I've, um, like, gotten more into underground hip-hop and stuff, I listen to Ski Mask a little bit less, but, you know, those artists that you listen to in high school, they just operate in a core part of your <laughs> brain for some reason because I still more like memories. the lyrics to like all of these ski mask slump god songs and um it was a really really fantastic performance he started out by um dedicating the show to xxx tentacion and juice world which um I think for most artists would probably be maybe a little bit corny but given like, the actual personal relationship that Ski Mask has had with those artists. And, um, like, I know that they were, like, literally his best friends. And I think for him to be able to feel like he can carry on their legacies and, like, carry on um, the reasons that, you know, people would go to see Juice World and Tentacion and keep their performances alive and his performance, um, it just seemed like a huge motivating factor for him. And he seemed to be so... Um, like motivated up on stage to like do the best performance he could for the sake of Juice World and for XXX Tentacion.
0: I think I walked over to a set like in the middle of him doing that tribute, and mm. then he got into the music, and I was like, eh, "This is really my thing." And I think that's from there. I'm just, I'm just not really, I'm not a really big fan of like emo rap, but Ski Mask is like someone who I genuinely think is like good. Objectively.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean he like especially when it comes to like very distorted stuff, that's like Ski out uh-huh. ground and that's not necessarily for everybody. It's like a lot of yelling. Um I definitely it's like crosses the boundary of emo a little bit, but it doesn't have the same we were talking about melody earlier, and that's another area where it's like just for whatever reason I have trouble getting behind the use of like that intense of a melody um in our in a rap song and ski mask doesn't quite he keeps it a little bit more rhythmic and guttural uh, which i appreciate craziest moments from the ski mask show um though was when he front flipped into the crowd and lost his chain in the crowd it was like a huge commotion while he was getting back on stage and like his DJ even offered whoever returns the chain to like go backstage with them. But I don't, I don't know if this chain ever got returned. So I'm really hoping that Ski Mask got his chain back, but it's just crazy to, um, you know, at like a smaller show, uh, with like a more hardcore audience, um, seeing like stage diving and stuff like that is a little bit more normal, but it was a pretty high stage at an outdoor concert, and he just like went for the front flip without any like preparation or anything. Oh, so,
0: that was the one where you said um, that uh, he um, like flipped into the crowd. Yeah, he
1: front flipped into the crowd, and then um, there's Whoa.
0: also this segment where um, it was
1: really funny. The whole festival was sponsored by this water brand called Liquid Death, which. I think, are kind of infamous for oh, having their yeah. water in metal cans instead of plastic water bottles, which, I mean, good for the environment. So see, I see the reasoning there. But Ski Mask wanted to throw some water out in the crowd so that cause oh his, his big thing is yelling, water, H2O, like all of that stuff. <sighs> um, so he wanted to have some water out in the crowd for everybody to throw the water up uh, when the bass drop hit. Um, and it's funny. I think he was kind of caught off guard that they handed him these metal. bottles. Oh my God. He starts like kind of like softballing them to the front of the audience. But then his DJ is going way harder. Like.
0: Oh my God. His DJ is just like busting someone's so forehead open. I think they got some plastic bottles eventually.
1: But it was really funny. I was like, uh-oh. Like, I don't know if I want like a metal water bottle. God, that's the me. thing
0: too. Like I saw so many people carrying around these cans of water and like here's the thing it's good water like it's good water and i feel like having it in a can almost like helps it to be cold a little more Mm -hmm. but i saw so many people carrying around um like those cans of water and uh like i will say like we you know because we got access to the press lounge like they had some snacks and stuff and they had the cans of liquid death but when i looked out into like um a lot of the different shops and vendors that they had those cans were like five dollars each, and just, on top of that, yeah. it's like there are fountains everywhere. So I, the one thing that I actually did get for hard summer, um, I, I guess like while on the to, we're on the topic of topic water, of water, shout um, out to um, mask. No, for real, it's like I don't know. That's just the one thing. It's just like y'all get a water bottle, get a hydration pack. I got one for hard summer. It was a lifesaver. Metal cans are stupid. I don't get. Well, I mean, like it's not stupid, but it's it's just it's it's not practical. But yeah, I mean, I agree. If you're
1: going to a music festival, especially one in the desert, I think it makes more sense than not to um, have your own water carriage device.
0: Yeah, um, as they are known as water carriage. (laughs) Have what are those like things where it's like the, it's like a pouch. Oh,
1: I, I, don't I don't know, know the word name for off, it. off the top of my head. Oh, like a sk- um,
0: skin, water skin yeah, or something just, like that? Yeah, I just like
1: Skyrim type stuff. Skyrim. <laughs> um, anyway, so Ski Mask. Ski Mask was really enjoyable. Super memorable performance. And then um, I ended the night going back over to the same stage Meg Thee Stallion was at on Friday night to go and see Lil Uzi Vert. It's, like, the day before his birthday, too, which I had known Oh, so, yeah. So, like, people had signs in the crowd that were like, Happy birthday, Lil Uzi. Um, and then with that concert, I mean, first of all, I don't think I quite realized the extent to which Lil Uzi Vert has hits. Because he has, he has hits. I, like, knew all the lyrics to, like, everything at that concert, and I had, like, no idea where it came from. Um, so, shout-out to Lil Uzi Vert's discography. Um his actual performance was a little bit, um, you know, I think part of it is that for a lot of the day I was really close to the stage. And then for little Uzi Vert, just cause, um, him being a super popular artist that had a bigger stage and me not getting there until right when he started performing, um, just made it. So I was a little bit farther away. And, um, to be honest, it could be kind of hard to see him at times. And, Um, he wasn't like interacting with the crowd as much as a lot of other artists. So, um, he did some cute thing. He was like making like cute hearts to the crowd and stuff. But, um, I think overall what I enjoyed most about Lil Uzi was just hearing, um, the songs and like kind of realizing how many hits that he had. Um, but yeah, that took us all the way to 1am.
0: Yeah. I I think I actually heard like, didn't towards the end, they started singing like happy birthday to him. They might
1: have, to be honest. I left, um, I think, around 12.45. so that Oh, I yeah, because we tried to be the crowds. Because, yeah, the night before, we got, like, so slowed down, getting stuck in this massive crowd, leaving the festival right at midnight. So yeah. the next two nights, we tried to get out of there, like, three
0: or four minutes beforehand. Um, but, yeah, I think that brings us to day three. Day now. three was the day that I was like, I'm going to go hard. This mm-hmm. is my day day so we started out we actually got there i think like um around like four four like 4 ish. yeah and we um caught the ha- like last half of pangea sounds mm-hmm. opening set and i didn't really know who they were who they were going in um i think aiden you were you kind of had a bit more um like background
1: on them? I had heard of them um, actually just doing research for Hard Summer for that radio show preview I did on Club Magellan last week, and um, I could not find any music of them altogether, because it's a group of these four DJs who really span a lot of different genres and come from different countries and stuff, Um, so um, it was like really interesting and something that just intrigued me more than anything. Um, so uh, I, like, advocated to Ryan to go over there, especially <laughs> since the next artist that we were both really, really excited about seeing, DJ Unique, was yes! on the same stage. So uh, we were like, let's go see San oh. Sound before Unique. Um, and um, that we did. And, oh, my gosh, like, if you know Unique, Jersey Club, um some of the most danceable Club music Queen ever. herself. And Pangea Sound was like, they were playing Jersey Club remixes. Yeah. They were playing remixes. Um, they were going into some African stuff, too. And, like, overall, it was literally just the perfect, um, like, first of all, right up my alley of dance music. I love anything that's world-inspired, but um, then just the perfect way to get me, like, all the way oiled up dancing and ready to go for... Um...
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, may have been a little too descriptive. Well, it was a hot day, but
1: oiled up as a machine ryan
0: okay okay uh, okay mind, not even i'm just like what are you meaning by that you're not a <laughs> every use of english <laughs> do you remember that movie meet the robertsons <laughs> the Robinsons. robin the robinson's yeah. not robertson's no i love um because they're like canada
1: you mean north montana <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God.
0: That's my Meet the Robinsons <laughs> reference of the day. <laughs> Brought to you by KCSB. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, but um, Pangea sound set was really good. I liked that they had, like, a little bit of everything, and they kind of dipped into some more, like, crate-diggy sort of songs while also dabbling, dabbling into some more, I guess, um, popular remixes that people would know, but they were a perfect introduction to the club queen herself, mm-hmm. Miss Unique... Jersey Club worldwide she absolutely tore that, was that set was so good i danced like the hardest probably the entire weekend at her set it was so hot it was so sweaty and there was a really it was not just the music because she played um while i do kind of wish she played a bit more like deep cuts and remixes and stuff like she played a lot of the um a lot of really really great um tracks and she even you know, got up and rapped and had dancers too. And she even just had a really, really great crowd with her too. Like it was just people. Um, it was people who were just like more laid back and carefree, I would say, than a large majority of um, I guess like the audience that Hard Summer is kind of intended for. And just kind of being in the presence of that energy at a festival like that with such a awesome, like an awesome DJ like unique. It was so much fun. I had the best time. Her set was so good, and I cannot wait to see her again. Unique, yeah. No, just retweet
1: everything Ryan said. I danced so hard to that that I barely remember, like, what was actually... I just, like, remember the experience more. Like, I remember the emotions more than, like, the actual (laughs) episode of what happened. It was, like, a crazy state. But just Jersey Club is such a good sub-variety of dance music, and Unique is, like... I think, the top of the game when it comes to Jersey, because she is the Jersey Club queen. I mean, uh, you can't argue with that. And she proved every every aspect of that title when we saw her on Sunday.
0: Literal, she's, she's an East Coast legend, mm-hmm. like, honestly, for real. But after that, I think we moseyed on over to the... Um, uh, I think we went to like we went to the main stage, stage because we wanted to see uh, wax a little bit of wax motif a little bit of wax motif which was know. like typical tech house but there were some good um, I'd say there were some really good track IDs in there and he I could actually tell he was like mixing live and was like into it so I was like honestly because of that like I'm into it too and there were some good uh, there were some good songs he played
1: mm-hmm. that was the case with a lot of DJs I found that like weren't necessarily playing a sub genre I was into but. For the most part, like when you see a DJ mixing music that they really like to mix, sometimes it's really hard just not to vibe along with it because, um, you know, that's like a lot of what DJing is, is just like, you know, presenting things in different ways that like people, you know, might not be familiar with that might get them to consider a song in a different way. And I just have to say, like hearing Wax Motif DJ, a lot of that stuff made it a lot more appealing and a lot more interesting to me to listen to than... Um, it probably would have been if I was just on Spotify or something.
0: Right. But after that, I think... We went up the Ferris wheel after that. We went up the Ferris wheel to see um, Justin Martin set because they ended up, I think actually looking back, they ended up swapping um, the set times for DJ Minx and Justin Martin. Justin Martin ended up going on before DJ Minx, but we wanted to get a good view of, um, I guess like a good view of the festival and just like go up on the Ferris wheel and it was really cool and, you know... I love a free Ferris wheel. You can't go wrong. Yeah, it was really fun. Even if we did
1: miss the VIP line and had to wait like half an hour in the regular line. Well, I didn't
0: even know if they were taking um, people in the VIP line. Yeah, it was weird. That was true. Um, It wasn't like super visible. But I think after that is like when we kind of split off. We split
1: up for a brief amount of time. Um, It didn't go super successfully for me, to be honest. I wanted to go see Duckworth um, back where um unique had played earlier at the purple stage. And um Duckworth, definitely someone I was familiar with, whose music I was familiar with. Um, but not someone I'd listened to super heavily. Uh, but I'm like a rap fan in general, so really looked like the most interesting thing going on at the festival at the time unfortunately i got oh my
0: god <laughs> i got
1: there about 10 minutes ahead of time I, i'm only complaining because i had to wait there for 40 minutes alone um i'm sure that all like i'm sure that something did happen and it's not duckworth's fault at all that he wasn't oh. able to make it to the performance but um that is what happened um so um, there was basically like forty minutes, and like people kept coming up to me and asking me, like, "Do you know what's going on right now?" Because it was like his band was all there, like ready to oh. be on stage, all set up, and it was just like uh, he never showed up on stage. But I know he was performing at Lollapalooza the night before, so I haven't seen anything about like why um, he missed the performance. But I'm assuming that it was just travel. Getting from Lollapalooza, a,
0: so I actually found a Reddit post because oh. um, I think he performed the day after Hard Summer. But someone, uh, I guess, like this person, uh, username Keemer on Reddit asked, uh, "Anyone know what happened to Duckworth? Waited as said for over thirty minutes, but he never showed up." And then someone, um, how do I what is their username on Reddit? I always like to give yeah. credits like people for like yeah. using himself because a lot of the time that vital. That a lot of that information in the credits that kind of get glossed over, but he, this person says um, he got on stage at around eight forty-five, citing technical difficulties. He performed until he got a hard car, hard cut-off notification at nine. He closed off by saying that this was the worst festival experience ever that he'd had, and to catch him on tour later. LOL. I don't know much about the guy, so I initially thought he'd flaked and used technical excuse difficulties as an excuse. But every act following him seemed to ha- also have issues. Um Actually. I kind of have to disagree with that, but I think we get into it a little later. But so this person says that they think that something was wrong um, with the purple stage itself and um, that definitely communication should have been better, but they're actually inclined to believe um, that uh, things are genuinely out of control. And apparently um, another person commented underneath and said that there were some technical issues during Dochi set too, but hmm. I don't, I guess, you know, you must have missed it all. Yeah. But um, I guess that's a good, I guess, point to change. Oh, there I go. Knocking the microphone down again. But um, since you didn't get to see Duckworth, I was at um, the tail end of Justin Martin's set, and like I only saw the first few minutes of DJ Minx's set before we got to meet up and see Blade. Mm-hmm. Um, which, it was weird because it was announced that Justin Martin's set time was cut a little it was gonna end a little earlier and that dj minx was gonna get on stage at eight but she didn't actually get there like get behind the decks until eight thirty, 30 like her normal set time mm-hmm. so i really don't know what happened that but weird it was weird but she had some of the deepest cuts the entire weekend like she had such Good tracks. I'm not gonna lie, maybe I was Shazam a little bit. Maybe I was, you know, (laughs) trying to figure out some track IDs. She's a legend, she is such a legend. And it was honestly a little disappointing because the crowd for her wasn't as big compared to, um, like some of the other, uh, like DJs that were in that same um area that weekend. But I think maybe it's because she was also kind of around the same time as like Blade, and I think like Amine was also. Um, maybe she was just, uh, like got caught in a few conflicts, but she had Mm -hmm. such a great set. She had such great energy. Like I could see her mixing everything perfectly. It was everything I'd expect to see from like a Detroit legend. And I honestly really hope I can see her again soon. But, um, I only saw, unfortunately, like the first, like not even, I think like 15, 30 minutes of her set before I ended up getting over to, uh see blade and i was hoping i wouldn't have to do that because i thought that i could see her and then see blade and not have to deal with any conflicts but yeah um no, you know so i kind of have to make some sacrifices at these things
1: so i left duckworth so that's interesting that duckworth ended up actually coming on um because i i like looked it up afterwards and i didn't find any information about that but i guess reddit has all of the answers
0: um true reddit does have all the answers low-key but um yeah i mean
1: that's interesting about technical difficulties i did not notice any technical difficulties on that stage and i was honestly at that stage for about half of the day so (laughs) so it doesn't mean that they didn't happen but um i I definitely can't verify that Um, right so i I saw a little bit of dj minx though too and Mm -hmm. uh just really really Great. Whenever you see a DJ who really knows what they're doing, it's so fun to just, like, watch their hands move. And um, I really got a lot of that catharsis out of DJ Minx right there. Yeah. Um, and then we walked over back to the purple stage
0: for Blade. Blade-y. Blade. 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 <laughs> Drain. Gang. Okay. I... This was a set that surprised me because I've... Like, I've for context, I've been a fan of like Young Lean, Blade, Echo 2K, like, way before they kind of ended up having a bit of a resurgence over the past couple of years. Like, this is all the way back in their SoundCloud like days, back in like 2013, 2014, 2015. Um, those like kind of early releases. And I was a little nervous for a set because I've heard stories of Dragon Gang concerts and that the crowds in them have just been not the best. But I think it honestly one in my favor that I saw him at a festival that was a bit more for like a general audience as opposed to specifically like, you know, drinking fans because his set was really good. The crowd was super vibey. The crowd really, really liked blade yeah, and great, yeah. he was so into it. And he had, <laughs> he had like his little backpack that he was wearing on stage and he was carrying it around and he was like shouting out to the crowd. And he was like talking a little bit. He was playing his songs. He was super into it. And I heard a lot of classics like uh, Be Nice to Me. He performed uh, The Flag is Raised and a lot of other songs. And yeah, he was a really, really good time. I'm super glad I got to see him.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely um, fun to get the chance. I know around the station, there are like a lot of jokes about Blade that go around. (laughs) I think in general. Shout out
0: to all the drainers. He's just
1: internet dude. I'll be real. Music isn't really meant for me i know i think ryan was giving me some grief for this but he really does remind me in a super weird way of juice world i feel like the melodies that they use are so similar in Mm -hmm. a lot of their songs and like the vocal it's it's still different vocals i think that juice world's more of a like traditional r&b type of singer whereas blade is really Doing some crazy Swedish arts, <laughs> um, but but melodically and the way that tracks are produced really reminds me of each other. Um, so it was kind of cool to get more of a like finger point on. What Blade's music is actually live and what his performance yeah. is like live. I thought his actual getup was super great. I love the backpack. I love the. <laughs> he looked like he just got dropped off solo of cup. Practice. I thought that he, like his shorts were so big on him. Like he looked like he was just yeah, getting picked up from the YMCA or something oh after my like God. field day or something.
0: Please. <laughs> and he was like shout out to all the ravers. I'm He's a, like, raver, I'm a too. raver too. He's even he a Swedish accent. Oh my God. He's was, so, cute. so cute. Blade. Oh Blade. Um, I think this is, like, at this point is when we, like, for real, for real split off
1: yeah, for the rest um, of the night. Let's see, because we both went back to see a little bit of Porter Robinson. Yeah. Right? Um, which was... Um, definitely Honestly, it was, like, a pretty good set. And, like, Porter Robinson's musicianship mm-hmm. was definitely on display. He was singing. He was playing piano. He was on the decks. Um, so that that was really cool to see. But... It was funny because it wasn't really a dancey vibe, at least at the beginning when I was there. Um, Yeah. And there were, like, a few other uh, festival goers who noticed that, too. There was this one girl that was like, I want to be shaking my butt and not not
0: crying. Oh, my God. Shout out to that queen because she spoke the truth. I was like, why are we being so sad right now? Like, we're at a music festival. Like, we're supposed to be having fun and dancing, but I was actually really surprised that, I like, because I was um, fully thinking that he was going to do a DJ set, but I didn't know that he was going to pull out with a full live setup, and I will say, like, his, he puts so much thought into his live performances, and you can definitely tell, like, he has so many different setups and pieces that interact with each other, and that's just always really, really cool to see, and I I will say this, like, I do like Porter Robinson's music, I do like Mm -hmm. um, some of his songs, However, I felt like after a certain point, everything was just kind of starting to blend into each other. And I was just like, okay, you I mean want... it was live mixed? No, no, no. <laughs> not I'm that joking. it was live I'm mixed, joking. but that it was just like... <laughs> it, it just all kind of started to sound like a little samey yeah. and like kind <laughs> of have the same melodies and the same mm-hmm. beats. And after a certain point, I was like, you know, this is cool, but like, I want to dance right now. I want to have a good time, like... I don't want to be sad, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I, I can't see how it would be a really good end to like a three day, um, music festival. And he closed out, I think with, um, sad machine actually, which is a really good song. So, um, like I will give him credit for that. And there was actually this funny video on Twitter where, um, cause he had like a few different microphones on stage with a few different vocal effects, um, you know, being used. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Oh, he was, like, trying to say, like, oh, I'm so grateful to all of you um, for everything. He expresses gratitude to the crowd, um... A lot, which I think is really sweet, but he accidentally grabbed the microphone that had his auto tune still on it. So it literally was like this high pitched, like, I'm so grateful, that And he was like, switched to the other one, was like, Whoa, whoa. <laughs> That's so funny. I wish I saw that. That was funny. That's really great. That video That's was funny. That's
1: hilarious. Um, no, Porter Robinson, I think. Yeah. Again, like a lot of these t- things, it's not necessarily that I completely vibe with everybody's music. I kind of expected that going in, but yeah, like taking away DJ's actual passion for the music that they're making, which isn't something you necessarily get to see when you're not seeing people live. And I wouldn't right. see these people live if I wasn't at a music festival. So it like, I think really raised my level of like, um, not even respect, but appreciation for uh, these artists and like what they're doing. Um, That's a really good way to put it. So... What was your last concert of Hard
0: Summer 2022? Um let me see if I can I need to like go back. That entire weekend was like a blur, but such a blur. I caught um I like I said earlier, I just ended up staying at DJ Tennis um the, like the pink stage for um the rest of the night after catching like the first half of Uh, Porter Robinson because I wasn't expecting to get so into it and um, I feel like a lot of the house DJs that I caught at the Pink Ten all brought something really different and so I thought it was kind of cool he did um, he he did do a bit more like kind of um, like tech Mm housey like um, popular remixes and stuff but it was still fun to not necessarily popular remixes and that popular like mixes of remixes that people already know but like remixes of popular songs mm-hmm. but it was i think he still did a really good set and unfortunately i ended up missing um 100 gex's set but i mean i've already seen like a dylan brady dj set so i feel like you know that's almost like good, good, good enough in to say but you know in a way but i actually will say one thing i know um i heard about Hunter gex's set is that they ended up getting their audio cut off at the end because I guess they had, like, the hard cut off time and had to, like, wrap everything up. Mm-hmm. So they ended up, for their last song, just sitting on the edge of the stage with a guitar and doing it acoustically.
1: <laughs> That's pretty cool. I like that from artists. I think that, like, just, uh, like, you know that you're making music for your fans and not for, like, yeah. multiple organizers. And I think that, like, keeping that at the forefront of your mind shows, like, a lot of, mm-hmm. like, realness as an artist. Yeah. Um so shout out to 100 Gex for that. Shout out to DJ Tennis. I would have honestly really loved to see um some of his set, but um I um ended up making it over to um the 21 Savage show that was at yeah. the other big stage um kind of across from where Porter Robinson was at. And um yeah, I like I loved having the rap headland ice every night and uh 21 Savage Did not disappoint at all. There is um, a point where they just went and ran down through like all of his features that he'd done on various (laughs) records, which, um, you know, really his DJ was very confident about the assertion that he's the best features artist in hip hop. I can probably name a few others um, that I think are also really good feature artists, but that does not mean that 21 Savage doesn't know what he's doing he's <laughs> really been like killing the feature game lately um and seeing that performance really like drilled that home in my mind a little bit like dang 21 savage has hits too i was i think expecting it even more for little uzi vert than 21 savage but he really has a lot of hits when you like add those features into it um and he had a little bit more stage presence than Lil uzi vert did too in my opinion His DJ had, like, a lot of stage presence. He was just (laughs) hyping him up the entire time. I was like, this is the best, like, tour DJ I think I've ever
0: seen. I love it when the tour DJ... Like, I love it when there's a good tour DJ that hypes up the artist. But I also hate it when DJs, like, end up completely overpowering whoever's performing. you got to find that balance. It's
1: hard. It might have been a little bit too much on the side of the DJ this time versus I think that he probably said more (laughs) stuff than 21 Savage (laughs) did. Oh, my God. But at the same time, if I was 21 Savage, I would feel, like, so confident and motivated (laughs) with this dude like hyping me up behind me like just dropping the um like tunes perfectly uh basically like planned out this whole set list for 21 savage it was like we're gonna show the world why you're the greatest right now oh my god Um, and um like 21 savage um for like a lot of mainstream rap artists like really don't like Wrap their own lyrics during shows and depend a lot on the acapella track. And, uh, 21 was really, uh, like rapping. Um, even though he did have the acapella, but his him. mic
0: was on,
1: but his mic was on, he was gone. He was doing something. His stuff. mic was so, on, so, he um, was gone. <laughs> I really enjoyed seeing 21 Savage and it was a great way to, end. um, it was just a really, really memorable hard summer that I'm yeah. so happy. We got the experience of going on, um, so just to close things out then really quick, because we've been rambling on for almost an hour now. Oh my god, I'm just realizing um, what were your top three of Ooh, the week? That's
0: hard. Um in no particular order. Yeah, I'm just gonna say like in no particular order. <sighs> um that's kind of hard. I'm, like, literally going back to see who performed because I'm just, like, there were so many people. It was such, like, a good weekend. And honestly, like, everyone did a great job. Mm-hmm. Like, all the sets I saw were all good in their own, like, you know, in their own ways. So no one really, like, flopped, I would say. Mm-hmm, I completely really agree. Yeah. So I would say top three, um, Megan the Stallion, definitely um, unique. And I would say Blade. Yeah, Megan Thee Stallion, Unique, and Blade. Megan Thee Stallion, Unique, and Blade. I can
1: respect it. All right, I'm going. Um, Ski Mask, The Slump God, was definitely my favorite performance of the weekend. He's just, the energy was there. He played all of the songs that I wanted him to play. He did crazy stuff in the stage, so it was, like, exciting and kept you on your toes the entire time. It was, like, basically what I think like, the ideal hour set from, like, any hip-hop artist, basically, is, especially at a festival. Right. Um, he, he just understood the assignment, mm-hmm. uh, delivered. <laughs> um, then Unique, that was, like, really who I was looking for the most through the weekend and just somehow managed to even exceed expectations there. She played some hits like Microdosin, but also just really got deep into her this Jersey Club bag and was just playing some crazy stuff and she was dancing up on stage which like oh my god like insane insane singing too so it was like djing singing dancing plus she produced the music herself so it's like not even triple threat it's like all of the threats but in the world literally yeah. like yeah
0: um, for real she's she, i love artists like or yeah artists like just do it all that really put themselves in a lot of you know those positions and Push themselves to do a lot of, you know, very self-made. I, I love mm-hmm. that. And I think unique totally represents unique. that.
1: Truly unique. Truly unique. <laughs> um, and then I got, I'm i kind of surprised you didn't put this in your top three Um Think, three six mafia
0: oh ones. yeah okay can we do a top four like top three six four, mafia top four down. for me Shoot. Then I have to blade slash three one. six mafia <laughs> that's my top three th-
1: three six mafia there's like like i was saying about juicy j's stage presence he's just such a good mc and they have mm-hmm. so many hits and uh like hearing in the crowds um sing all the lyrics to uh some of their songs um, especially that song that's sampled in Plain Jane by ASAP, if you know freak what I'm talking about. In
0: Hollywood or
1: what Megan the it's like we heard Megan the Stallion do that the night before and then someone we someone heard-
0: says Put your and then we
1: heard Three Six Mafia hey. play the actual sample. So that was that was that was cool night. to lead up, um, honestly. <laughs> okay. And then if if I have to choose a fourth now. I would actually go Pangea Sound. Ooh. Probably my find of the weekend because I hadn't really l- listened to any of their produced stuff before, but they we we're bringing out crazy remixes. They brought out a, I think it was a Jersey Club Father Stretch Your Hands Part Two remix by Kanye West. Oh,
0: I remember that. Was that. that was re- that they was had crazy. Not one but two
1: Soldier Boy remixes. <laughs> it was just
0: there are uh, never enough Soldier Boy. Pangea remixes. sound.
1: If I ever get the chance to see them again, then I totally will. Fire.
0: Dang. That's hella cool, but uh. Do you have any last thoughts as we wrap up here, last Aiden?
1: Um, I'd just say overall, um, I mean, obviously having the press passes and the VIP, um, I think, was kind of an integral part of our experience at Hard Summer and really partici- or contributed to why we enjoyed it so much. But in general, if you have the opportunity to see a festival, a concert with some artists that you think sound good and you're not over-leveraging yourself to Mm -hmm. go. Um, Because, you know, financials definitely are a thing and travel is also a thing. And, like, tying yourself out too much can be too much. Mm -hmm. But it's worth putting in the effort to make it to some of these concerts because... It's like, not only are you going to have a good time and I think gain a new appreciation for artists, but those memories are going to be there forever. And I'm yeah, just really happy that I got the chance Aww. to spend the weekend with you, Ryan. Oh, that's so some sweet.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think all things considered, I had a really great time. I had a lot of, um like, kind of, I would just say, like, preconceived notions about the festival going in. But I would say that it didn't, you know, meet those at all. And I ended up having... A really good time, and I will say that a lot of it kind of, you know, necessarily wasn't the sort of music that I'm into, but I really love the selections that, you know, I really enjoy that were there, and I think, um, you know, like, I'd probably go again if the lineup was good. Like, I think it was a really good time, and uh, yeah, there really is nothing like being sprayed down while dancing to some Jersey club in the, like, 100-degree San Bernardino heat, honestly. Absolutely not.
1: Well, Ryan, until the next festival.
0: Yay. Until the next time, Aiden, I will catch you later, I guess. Yeah, I'll catch you later. Let's find a way to end this. I don't know. (laughs) That way. (laughs) Thank you for listening. uh, Stay tuned here on KCSB FM in Santa Barbara. Peace, everybody. See you later.